It's official. Joe Biden is president-elect of the United States. Where were you, Phil, when you heard that the orange man is being deposed? I was actually somewhere I'm not usually at, Cabela's, over in Sun Prairie. What, buying some new guns? Were you paranoid? Buying some ammo? You would think so. No, my son got a bow and arrow for his birthday. And we need to get a couple of things for the bow. So I was in Cabela's in Sun Prairie. That's not my exactly my comfort zone, being my big city guy that I am. So I was part of the Trump world for just the moment where it came out. Well, I don't know, Phil. Cabela's sells uh, fancy high-end camping gear, you know, like a little camping espresso machine. You could have bought one of those. You know, you could have been there for that. I could have been, but I was buying a weapon. <laughs> We're getting accessories for my son's weapon. Can you fire a bow and arrow in Madison on the near west side over there, Phil? My parents have some property out in Iowa County that he goes to to go shoot it, so. Oh, you got to puncture the bubble, the Madison bubble to get out there and. Yeah, I got to get outside the bubble. Got to drive past the first Trump signs you see at leaving Dane County, you know. All right, well, that's good to see your son out hunting and fishing and uh, pursuing manly things. Yeah, because, you know, you, you, you can't be a man without being a hunter and a fisher, right, Scott? <laughs> I actually don't even remember what I was doing Saturday when I heard that Joe Biden had become president-elect, where Pennsylvania was called. It was so anticlimactic. You knew it was going to happen. Everybody saw the numbers in several states going up, so I, I, I'm not really sure. There were some fireworks in my neighborhood that went off on the east side there. I felt really bad. We set off fireworks, too, at our house. My, my wife got all excited, and she wanted to set off some fireworks. And we thought it was just this little thing that said emit showers of sparks. We found something in our basement. And all, all of a sudden, our entire backyard was lit up with loud banging noises at about 7 o'clock. So I had to go apologize to all the neighbors who said, like, yeah, it's fine. You know, the dogs didn't like it that much, but the neighbors were okay with it. As long as it wasn't gunfire, I'm sure the neighborhood was fine. That's maybe. <laughs> Well, on today's Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, we're going to talk about the race for president, Wisconsin's pivotal role again in who won. We'll talk a little bit about state and local races and how those wound up and look ahead to a possible Wisconsin recount and other challenges to Biden's apparent victory. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more projected half. Recording this on Monday, the president just fired his defense secretary. Take that. He's still in charge, Phil. He knows how to at least keep the news about him. we got at least a couple more months, and then he can always start working on his 2024 campaign. But uh, Wisconsin, the, the results were almost flipped from four years ago when we were a super close state four years ago. I believe it was 23,000 votes. This time around, the script is flipped. Joe Biden won by just over 20,000 votes. Almost the same amount. The pollsters had it worse than they did in 2016. Yeah. Even though they were right that Biden was going to win, they had Biden up, and some polls had him up 17 points in Wisconsin. And this ended up being a razor-thin race. So once again, the pollsters got it wrong in this election. Last time in 2016, there was a lot of volatility in the polls, and there was some evidence showing that a lot of people at the end went to Trump this time around, 
what we kept hearing over and over again was how consistent the polls were, particularly in Wisconsin. And yes, some of those polls that were claiming that Biden was up 11% or 17%, some of those were A-rated polls by Nate Silver and 538. So yeah, the polling industrial complex really needs to do some soul searching, I think. But in the end, they did actually get it right. The vast majority of polls were saying that Biden would win, and he did squeak this out. And I guess it depends on whether you look at Wisconsin's results and say, oh, he barely squeaked that out with way less than 1% of the vote. Or you can wind up looking at, hey, he's probably going to win by several state margin and maybe even cap 300 on the Electoral College, which is the same thing that Trump did last time. But to me, it was a pretty riveting and uncomfortably close race. We had a editorial in Sunday's newspaper declaring pollsters the biggest losers in this race. The biggest winner was not Joe Biden. Uh, the biggest winner was actually democracy. Democracy showed that, A, it could withstand Donald Trump, and then, B, uh, turnout was really through the rough. About 80% of voting age adults in Dane County cast ballots, about 72, almost 73% in Wisconsin. Uh, that's the highest since 2004. This change to absentee ballots is probably going to stay. It's convenient. It's simple. I hope so. I think it drove a really high turnout. And unless you are a diehard Republican, you think high turnout's really good. I don't think Donald Trump thinks turnout's good because he knows that more people turn out, that, that there's going to be a lot of people that don't like him turning out. But I think as Americans, we all want as many people to vote as possible. Well, turnout was up in some... Rural areas, too. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, Tr Trump drove massive turnout nationwide, and I think he should be proud of that. But I think in general, voters who don't vote consistently, who lean on, who are on the left of the spectrum than on the right of the spectrum. Although Trump has invigorated a whole new generation of people that weren't involved in politics before he got involved in politics. One thing I've been wondering about in this race, particularly in Wisconsin, is how much third-party candidates or the lack thereof affected this. Jill Stein, as you might recall, the Green Party candidate last time around, she wound up getting 31,000 votes in Wisconsin. So she had more than the 22,000 some votes that Trump won by. So some people sort of nadered Stein saying she caused that to happen. This time around, the partisan election board, the Democrats on there didn't allow a Green candidate on, said they hadn't followed the rules to get on the ballot. The Republicans on the Elections Commission disagreed, but a split vote, like usual, means nothing happens. So there was no Green Party candidate. There was still a Libertarian Party candidate. Jill Jorgensen. And she did not do nearly as well as Gary Johnson did the last time around. I think the third party candidates were a lot less serious than they were. If you look at a lot of these states, it's the same vote total, except there's no Gary Johnson vote. And Gary Johnson's vote went to Biden. And that was sort of the margin error in several states, it seemed like. That's maybe a little too simplistic, though, because Gary Johnson was a libertarian. Granted, he was, you know, the pothead candidate, too. But so that was also an escape valve for Republicans disgusted by Trump. Well, I think that's absolutely true. And this time around, a lot of those disgusted, those Republicans disgusted by Trump said, voting for a third party candidate isn't safe enough because if we vote for a third party candidate, Trump could win again. So you better vote for Biden. And you can see that in some of the counties around Milwaukee, you know, those very red Republican counties. Joe Biden's numbers were really strong in those counties. I mean, 
I think I think you know we could talk about the massive turnout in Dane County, um, and there was massive turnout in Dane County, and uh, Joe Biden did better than Hillary Clinton did in Milwaukee County. But I think the biggest difference in this race was what happened in in, in uh, the suburbs around Milwaukee. Trump's margin was down four percent in the Wow counties, which are Waukesha, Ozaki, and Washington. Traditionally, very solid. Republican suburban counties around Milwaukee. And if Trump had just done as well as he had done in 2016, that was almost the margin that he lost by. So the suburbs really are trending away from him and continuing to be a larger problem for Republicans. I mean, the Democrats did pick up a couple seats over there in suburban Milwaukee in the state assembly. Joe Biden got 100,000 votes in Waukesha County. Now, he lost that. You know, Donald Trump got 160,000 votes. But the idea that there were 100,000 votes for a, a Democrat in what has been for the longest time the most reliably red county in the state just kind of goes to show that, one, it's a really big county, and two, the demographics are changing there. Any idea what he had four years ago? Or- Hillary Clinton had just under 80,000 four years ago. So basically, Joe Biden got almost 25,000 more votes than Hillary Clinton did in Waukesha County. And that's a big number. Trump boosted turnout, too. He got 17,000 more votes in Waukesha County than he had gotten four years ago. But Biden nets something like 7,000 votes in Waukesha County over what Clinton had done four years before then. So that's just a big change. The only two counties that were different were Sauk County and Door County, which supported the Democrat this time. And uh, I was schooled a bit on Twitter in that a lot of people up in Door County said that's not a traditionally Republican county that I thought it was. It had been during most of the 20th century, but it has gone back and forth. It, for example, did support Obama both times. Maybe that's not so surprising. And certainly Sauk County, isn't because I just think Madison's influence continues to creep out into the suburbs and it's starting to turn the counties around Dane County blue, or if they're already blue, blue-er. Sauk and Door County, you know, those both flipped on the map, but they flipped by a very small percentages. I mean, Trump just barely won those counties four years ago, and Biden just barely won those counties this time around. So, you know, the difference in votes there, while it's dramatic on a map, it doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, Joe Biden got 42,000 more votes than Hillary Clinton did in Dane County. I mean, that's the that's your difference right there in the election. When it's this close of a race, 20,000 votes, it's like you can point to anything practically and say it was the difference. You can point to the Milwaukee suburbs like we just did before and say that was the difference. You can point to Dane County, say Dane County was the difference. You can calculate... Uh, how much better Trump did in a lot of the rural counties and say that was the difference. It was a close race again. We could look at the electoral map and Biden could have flipped seven more counties blue and it wouldn't have made an elect. It wouldn't have got him the votes he needed to win the election. But the map would have been bluer looking. Well, maybe what's sort of been lost in this is that, you know, even though Trump lost this election, he really turned people out. I look at Taylor, Taylor County, which. Uh, I don't. Even, I didn't even know where it was till I looked it up. If you don't know where it is, that means it's way up north. 
Well, it's between... Do you know where it is, Scott? It's way the hell up north. <laughs> and it's not that far up north. It's basically between uh, Wausau and, uh, and Eau Claire. It's probably the most reliably red county in the state. He got almost 72% of the vote there this year. Even though there were only 10,000 votes cast in the entire county this time around, Trump got 1,000 more votes than he did four years ago in that county. The people that are really inspired by Trump, and he's really, he really drove turnout there. The state Senate in Wisconsin actually picked up a couple seats for Republicans. One of those was in northwestern Wisconsin, so that wasn't surprising. But the Republicans did win a seat in Green Bay, where Dave Hansen was retiring and one of his younger kinfolk ran and lost. The Republicans didn't do too bad if you don't look at the top of the ticket and Trump losing. They actually did fairly well. Some of that's gerrymandering. But some of it is people splitting their tickets who are saying, I'm going to go for Republicans, say Todd Novak down in Dodgeville, even though his opponent was a super strong candidate. But I'm still going to vote for Biden. I don't like Trump. I'm wondering how much this summer of urban unrest in American big cities really hurt Democrats on the margins. The calls for defunding the police and the acceptance of socialism by some on the extreme far left. I don't think progressives understand this, but you don't win control of the House or the Senate because you have the most strident progressive message. You win because people in the suburbs have a very moderate message that can flip some districts for you. That's how you gain control of power to do progressive things. But I don't think progressives really understand that about how our elections work. Well, a lot of people on the far left, they wanted... Bernie Sanders, and they said they were tired of running moderates who lose. We need this pure contrast over on the left. Well, they were wrong. Biden won. And uh, I think you're right that uh, he wasn't helped at all by the people smashing up State Street or tearing down statues on the Capitol Square. People across the state shake their heads at that and wonder what is going on in Madison. And without that stuff going on, you, you, have, you have to wonder if it would have been if it would have been closer to the five point margin predicted by the, the, the pollsters in Wisconsin. And if key state, you know, if, 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 if the Democrats could have won key Senate races in North Carolina and South Carolina, if there hadn't been such people tearing down statues and smashing up every downtown in America, basically. I never gave much credence to the Republican legislature winning a supermajority of the legislature in both houses. I thought that was a pie in the sky for them. And they didn't. But in the Senate, they came close. In the Assembly, they slipped back in terms of how, much, how many seats they have. Bottom line is, though, because of the census, there's going to be redistricting. And because the Republicans in the legislature uh, cannot overcome a Tony Evers veto— without going to court, we're going to have to have, I think, fairer maps this time. Ideally, we'd go with a nonpartisan redistricting model like Iowa does, which we've been saying forever, uh, where Republicans and Democrats both agree to just let this nonpartisan state agency draw lines in a fair way. Hopefully that can happen. It doesn't look like it is. It, it kind of looks like Speaker Voss is going to push this into the courts. But I think even in the courts, you're going to get better maps than you would if Voss and his attorneys were going to draw them. You can argue that the Supreme Court in Wisconsin is run by conservatives and the court system is conservative, but it's not going to be as bad as the legislative Republicans with their you know, crooked attorneys in an office building using 
software to redraw redraw the maps as as beneficially as possible for them. That's what happened ten years ago. Well, I don't think the lawyers are crooked. They're just doing what they're hired to do. It's the lawmakers rigging the maps. Scott Milford, defending lawyers, <laughs> on the record. But uh, other trends in this election, you remember four years ago, the Russians tried to get into the voter registration system here in Wisconsin. There was no big hack on election day. So it does seem like we had a fair election. Of course, that's going to be put to the test moving forward as everybody nitpicks every district and ballot in the state. But if Trump wants a recount in Wisconsin, which he, of course, said he was going to demand before the election was even over. But just because he says that doesn't mean that he's actually going to do it, as we all know. But if he did, he'd have to pay for it, or at least he'd have to raise money to pay for it. But I really highly doubt that a recount in Wisconsin would change anything because the last couple times we've done that, both four years ago when we did a statewide recount And prior to that, back in 2011, when there was a recount for a state Supreme Court race, the number of votes that changed was only, in one case, 100 and some, and in the other case, 300 and some. Well, he's behind by 20,000 votes, so that's not – I don't think a recount's going to do it. We haven't seen a recount that gave somebody a 20,000-vote swing. I don't think ever – I saw former Republican Governor Scott Walker on Twitter noting that there was that anomaly in 2011 when in Brookfield there were 14,000 votes that weren't counted, and then – when they did count them, that did give the race to David Prosser. But that was discovered right away, the next day. And it was a clerk who a lengthy investigation showed it was just an honest mistake. There was nothing nefarious about it. So I think if there was something like that, it already would have come to light. One of the beauties of our electoral system that makes it so impossible to to hack and sort of so maddening on election night is that Across the country, every county is running their own elections how they see fit, basically. It's even better slash worse in Wisconsin because it's every little municipality is running their elections as they see fit. And so the Russians, you can't you can't hack all of Wisconsin. You know, you can't you can't hack every little town in Wisconsin to to rig an election uh, because they're all being run independently. Now, some people count stuff in different ways. And we, we saw that, you know, this election is it took a long time to count for some places to count ballots. Like, you know, Dane County was able to count their ballots, you know, pretty, pretty promptly. Milwaukee moves their ballots to, a, to the, their absentee ballots to a central processing area. And that took several hours to count those. That's where the Republicans are sort of without any evidence claiming fraud and that it took Milwaukee longer to count the ballots than it took Dane County, but we all knew it was going to take Milwaukee longer because they do it differently. Yeah, I think if Trump and his people are looking for a state where they might try to overturn the results, they could try in Pennsylvania with those absentee ballots that came in after the election, but that's not very many. They can try in Georgia where... The margin of error, that state hadn't even been called yet as a Monday because it's such a tiny uh, apparent victory for Biden. They can try some other state. I don't think Wisconsin's going to be flipped by a lawsuit or a recount. They're not going to swing enough electoral votes here to make a difference in the de- in the, in the lead that Joe Biden has right now. They basically need to get Pennsylvania to be overturned and another state on top of that. Locally, the Madison School District won both of its referendums, and statewide, 43 of 51 school districts won approval for school referendums during a pandemic. Anything else local? It feels like a lot of stuff's taking place in the national scene right now, and and even 
you know, it's it's pretty much status quo in Wisconsin. You know, we didn't. You know, there was no flipping of our assembly or senate. People that were expected to win sort of did. Sadly, because of gerrymandering, so few of our election of our seats are actually contested that you know these these local legislative races can unfortunately be a bit of a snoozer. The map is going to change, and hopefully, we're going to have districts that are more compact and more fair. Marijuana won big, not in Wisconsin, but I'm sure uh, cartoonists everywhere will be excited that mar- recreational marijuana is now legal in Florida. What is this disparaging <laughs> of cartoonists and assuming we're all potheads, man? <laughs> That's a fair assumption. New Jersey, Arizona, Montana. Just because I listen to the Grateful Dead and draw cartoons for a living does not make me by default a pothead. Mr. Milfred. New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, and South Dakota all made it legal. That's 15 states, including Illinois and your native Michigan, Phil. What's most embarrassing is that our state legislators won't even talk about medical marijuana right now. Mississippi just passed medical marijuana. Our Republican legislature is behind, is more backwards than the Mississippi legislature is is telling. So big picture takeaway from this, it appears we're going to have a new president and a much different and better, in my view, tone coming from the White House. We're going to have grown up there and a presidential president. I'm not sure we're going to have much different besides the tone. I don't think there's going to be massive radical socialist reforms coming out of Congress because it looks, I, I doubt the... Democrats will win two special elections in Georgia. So I, th- I think what we're going to get is a better tone. And I think that in itself is a victory for America. I think you're going to have a lot of progressives in Madison upset with Biden if he actually does get anything done, because if he does get anything done, he's going to have to cut some deals with the Senate. And it turns out he actually gets along well with Mitch McConnell. They've served in the Senate for a long time. Maybe we can get some reasonable stuff done. We shall see. Yeah, Sleepy Joe and and, and Moscow Mitch get along together. You know, as somebody, I think I was on the 538 podcast, they said the best thing for Joe Biden would be if they can just get AOC Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez like once a week to say that Joe Biden's not progressive enough. That would be really good for his chances nationwide. I'm sure she'd be happy to say that anytime you ask her. (laughs) Our theme music is by Tube Tester.